Defender discussions for Thursday, September 22. My name's Mike Biker. We'll be uh, talking about the action from this past week, and it's been a busy and uh, eventful last week, and I'm joined today by... Matt Boss. And... Ian Eshelman. And we're going to talk about uh, what happened this past week, and let's begin, and I know we had the order I mentioned football, first of all, but let's talk about volleyball. I mean, that's uh, the events of the past week... uh, on the court, Dort victorious over Morningside last night. We'll talk about that first, and then we're going to circle back to Saturday. But on uh, last night, volleyball beats Morningside three sets to one. And I was struck, I guess, Matt, by the balance for the Dort team as opposed to the imbalance for the Morningside team. Morningside relied heavily on Sydney Marlowe, a sophomore. She had about 60 swings or so. Uh, volleyball, fast start, hit a little bit of a lull in set three and then finished well in set number four, but a good balanced evening for the defenders last night. You are correct, Mike. Um, I'm looking at the stats now. We had five players around 25 attempts on the uh, at the net, so that was good. Three players in double figures, led by our outsides, the two Timmerman sisters, Allie and Karina, and then also Grace Langmeyer in double figures, so a nice night for the defenders. Brenda Kromendijk started fast. I think she had five kills in set number one and then things slowed up for her they uh, stopped her a little bit did morning side and the defenders uh, little stretch in the third set where weren't serve receiving as well and uh, we've talked about that coach smith and i have talked about that uh, during a visit we had last week about that really if if Dort does that well, they're a very good team. It's funny because in volleyball, if you don't do that one thing well, the serve receive, the initial contact, everything else breaks down. And that third set was a was a, an example of that. Volleyball is now two and one in the conference, and they'll be hosting Concordia on Saturday. And Concordia, a very good team, rated in the top ten, and uh, they're a team that over the last five years or so has risen through the uh, GPAC ranks, and they're one of those teams that's in the mix for a top three or four finish in the GPAC. One of seven teams from the conference. We mentioned it uh, last week as well. One of seven teams ranked in the top 25. Concordia sitting in uh, tied for second with Midland at 4-1. and one. Jamestown is number one, unbeaten at 3-0. and oh. Speaking of Jamestown, that was mm-hmm. who Dort was scheduled to play last Saturday. They started the match, got two sets in, and then a medical emergency involving a Jamestown spectator, and we're not going to get into the details of the who and that kind of stuff. Many know, but I I like to have a little privacy for folks as well. But let's talk about the sequencing in the gym. First of all, Matt, you were there. It was shaping up to be a fantastic volleyball match. Yeah, it was a great match. Dort won the first set. They led comfortably throughout, and then the second set, Jamestown just came back. Dort had to rally. Uh, They served for the set, but Jamestown won the final three points. So it was a great match against two outstanding GPAC teams, two teams that are ranked in the top 25. And then after set number two, you were there. Everything broke loose. I mean, it, the the medical emergency was that an emergency, and it had to be attended to very quickly. Yeah, and it took a, a bit for me to figure out what was going on because after a dramatic second set, I see the teams going back to the locker room. And the first thought that came to my mind is back five years ago, teams would go to the locker room Correct. after that set. Yep. So I'm thinking – are we having a flashback to that? Are we having a serving competition in between sets or something? But then 
I caught sight and it caught wind of what was going on. And yeah, like you said, a medical emergency. Mark Christians commented to me last night. He was on public address and he said it took him about five seconds to realize the severity of it. And I said, why? I mean, you, you just, we've been in facilities mm-hmm. and gyms where people have passed out yeah. and things like that. He said this was something completely different than that in that it was just urgency immediately. And uh, fortunately, uh, they had the uh, portable defibrillator um, that was in the rec center, and that's where it's stationed. They got that quickly. And uh, we had an ER doc on site. Uh, Grace Langmeyer's father is an emergency room doctor, and I talked to him last night and uh, thanked him for what he did. And he said, you know, I deal with this, but usually it's a controlled environment. And uh, he said that was something completely different. So we're grateful that things have progressed to the point they are, and uh, we will see what the next few days again hold. But a, a strange scene, and Ian, you're watching at home, you tune in and you see an empty gym and your what what are your thoughts when you see that gym empty out yeah watching the live stream well for, first of all before it comes back you see the games delayed and you you we're getting some door ads from the the media network and uh you're like why is an indoor sporting event delayed that's kind of weird and then it comes back and you see an empty gym and so immediately you're you're kind of you're taken aback you're like well what's going on here this that's not right you see our, our athletic director uh, Ross Dalma standing on the court and nobody else is in there and you're just a, a little bit confused. So, um, yeah, not, a, not the way you expect the volleyball game to, to go. And then I, I, and just the confluence of events, I had someone text me later in the evening saying what's going on. Cause then men's soccer was in a delay. Right. And this person was thinking the worst that we had an event on campus and um, we were shut down and we weren't playing. And so I, I look at it from an athletic communication standpoint and I, I think to myself, okay, what information do you pass, do you put out to the public? What is still private? Where do you post these things? All that kind of stuff comes into play, and there is no guidebook or handbook for it. And looking back, I think to myself, okay, we probably should have been a little more specific with why the volleyball match was halted. But there's still the part, the, the human part of me, not the job, but the human is like, let these people have their privacy. Definitely. Um, and that's why we took the video down. Um, I, I want to choose my words wisely here, but I shared with you, Matt, if if this is the end of someone's life, I don't want that video out there. Even if you can't see the specifics of it, I don't want that floating out. For, for that family, I, I don't want that public. Exactly. And so... That's the struggle you have that you face very rarely in this profession of what is the public, what what do you feed to the public more or less, and what do you hold back and say, you know what, you don't need to know. Uh, that's a tough one for me. One thing that Ian told me Monday or Tuesday was Ian watching it 
was concerned that maybe there was a dangerous situation Correct. on campus. Because he, like he said, all he saw was Dalma standing on the court, yeah. matches delayed. And so the communication port, yes, we probably should have communicated. But again, that privacy thing, you're exactly right. It's, it's a tough situation. Yeah. I will say, watching from home, once you made the announcement, you feel a little bit better. You're like, okay, the match is delayed, probably won't continue. But it seems like the situation is at least a little bit under control after the announcement. It's just the initial, sh- before the announcement, you see the empty stands and you're like, well, we just evacuated the gym. That's kind of odd. Yeah. And it, the the thing is, I'm in Mitchell with football and I'm being fed information from a few different people who are at the event. And it never even crossed my mind that that's where you could jump to in terms of a conclusion. Just never crossed my mind. But hearing you describe it, it's like, yep, should have thought of that. And uh, so I guess, bottom line, you you take away from it. Obviously, you want to learn from the situation. I hope we don't have the situation again. In all likelihood, if we hang around and keep doing this and we're around crowds, we're going to be faced with situations like this. And maybe next time we handle it a little differently. I don't know if we handle it better, but we might handle it differently. And that's that's okay, I guess. Um, obviously, this situation is uh, the first priority is caring for the individual who's under duress. And everything else, people got to take care of themselves, too, to a certain degree. So. I want to I want to thank those that were here, the medical staff, our athletic trainers, Mark Christians, the PA. I thought he did a nice job of getting people out of the gym. I thought that was a good move too. And, and Dalma there as well, and Trent, everyone who had a role, um, they did a great job. Yep, and we we talked about it on Monday morning, and uh, yeah, obviously uh, you in those situations. It's not necessarily thinking, but it's reacting. And so everyone kind of carried the water, I would say, on Saturday. And uh, we are, again, thankful that the outcome appears to be positive at this point. We will see. Um, Let's get back to it. Men's and women's soccer last night. And uh, both of you, Matt and Ian, you were out at the soccer field. I was out there for a very limited time because we had volleyball happening back at the gym. But uh, I... I was out at women's soccer for very briefly, just in time to see Concordia score that first goal. And I thought, and for a long time, it looked like that was going to be the difference in the game. Long time. We waited till the final two minutes to do something about it. And it was a set piece. Um, and Karina Tell kicked the corner kick, and Catherine Coyman uh, found the back of the net. And we got the equalizer goal, and it was a 1 1 tie. That is a big point earned by this defender soccer team because Concordia, I think by season's end, is going to be one of the top teams in the conference. So to pick up a point against them was huge. It was amazing. It, it's amazing to me how you end up with all those bodies in the box on that play and somehow Coyman ends up with it at her feet and she's able to find an alley to get that ball into the net. And I know our coaches tell you have to be ready as a player because you just never know when that ball is going to be on the ground and you better be moving forward and be ready to kick it forward. And she was. Yep. So a 1-1 tie, that's uh, one of those rare evenings where 
For Dort, a tie feels like a win, and for Concordia, the tie feels like a loss. Bottom line, they each get a point in the standings, and we'll see how that, uh, what that means moving forward. College of St. Mary, Dort played them on Saturday, and Avril Bacom Avril got Bacom. a goal. Yep. Yeah. And that was, uh, she sniped one. That one was from 25 and 30 yards out the way it looked. With her left foot as well. Assist by uh, Coyman once again. And College of St. Mary is a team that beat us last year on our home field. Yeah. So this was a, a good win, kind of a revenge win. College of St. Mary is a very good team and another big points earned by the soccer team. Men's soccer team played Concordia last night, 4-3 to three the final, gave up the goal early. Ian, when did you get – what was the stage of the game when you were able to get out there? Uh, I was out there for the entire men's game. You were there for the entire yeah, – so, I caught see, the end of the women's game as well. So you got out there, we were – and you saw Concordia get a goal early on, one nothing. How? What was the response? How long did it take our men's team to respond and get the equalizer at that point? I want to say it was about 15, 20 minutes later on the game clock. Um, they took – I think they, they handled it well right away because, I mean, the, the first Concordia goal was almost immediate at that four-minute mark. Um, and, yeah, it looks like it was about 15 minutes later uh, before Caleb Lee responded. And I think um, – Was that, that the header? That was the header. Okay. And, and it was a – I mean, it was a, it was a really fun, exciting play to watch. Uh, a lot of energy on that one. A nice ball in from Tyson Rietzma uh, and – yeah, Caleb Lee was able to bury it, and I think that that kind of got the energy back up for the defenders. Um, and then they were able from there. It was everybody kind of both teams really um, kind of settled into a very competitive, high scoring soccer game. And then we took the lead. Right then, it was always we got the lead. So we had unanswered two unanswered goals, and it was two one, then two two, three one, then our three two, and uh, finally got the uh, game winning goal. What was there? Less than ten minutes to go. When seven minutes left, eighty during the eighty third minute, Blake Hansen got uh, kind of an errant pass. Got a gift, by, yep. yeah, by by. Concordia give him credit he chipped it the goalkeeper deflected and then he just picked it up and put it back yeah and he had two goals last night two goals goals. Tyson Rietzma had uh two assists yeah he's doing a good job of of setting those guys up to score he's uh he's a freshman from Sioux Falls and uh, Tyson uh he also had a goal on Saturday ends up not counting uh you talk about let's finish up Concordia first and then we'll talk about the co-evening or morning and uh Beating Concordia last night, first time in the series since when, Matt? 2014 was the last time. It's eight years, um, stating the obvious. Uh, four goals allowed. That's a lot of goals for Concordia to give up. They are tough defensively, and I was doing some checking last night. It looks to be 2016 was the last time. Are that, you kidding me? No, Concordia, yeah. That's the last time they gave up four goals in a match. Think any coaches are going to be watching this tape? Probably. I would think so. <laughs> and you and I were talking ahead. We we expected a one nothing game yeah. or a 0-0 game because both teams very solid defensively. But right from the get-go, it was just goals like crazy last night. Fun, fun place to be. Yeah, one of those nights. What's what was the atmosphere like under the lights? I mean, we have a good crowd out there. Yeah, it was good. I, I thought it was a good crowd. Uh, it was an active crowd. Um, yeah, I mean, it was an engaging soccer game with, with all the goals coming back and forth mm-hmm. and then, uh, so many ties as well. And yeah. so at, at any point in the game, you, the whole time you felt like, uh, it was anybody's game. And, um, actually the defenders at three to two, you thought that the defenders kind of had it under yeah. control. And then that third goal from Concordia, 
not ideal how that went down from our standpoint. Yeah. Like we got a little sloppy on that one, uh, but they were able to rebound nicely and get right. You, you didn't see the energy drop. They, I think by that point, they, they knew um, that they could win this game. And then, yeah, Blake Hansen uh, came up big with it. Really just an individual hustle play to get that last goal. Mm. Uh, to, it took advantage of an opportunity that Concordia gave. I have no idea how the rest of the season is going to play out. I, I've given up predicting things. But it does appear that this team, both the women and the men, there's a belief from the coaching staff and the players that they can compete with anyone remaining on their schedule. Now, that isn't to say that you don't get beat 3 nothing at some point. I mean, it, it's soccer. Just like baseball guys say, it's baseball. It, it happens. But the, I don't believe these teams are going to go into games and say, man, we're overmatched. We're going to be, we're going to be lucky to get out of here with a tie. So uh, that's good to see. One of the fun things last night after volleyball I was just putting things away in my office, and I heard a lot of cheering and hooting yeah. and hollering. Yeah. It was the men's team. They yeah. were they were pumped after that yeah. game. Well, they should be. Exactly. Now, the key is, me being the old man, the old 52-year-old guy, what are you going to do on Saturday? And Saturday, they <laughs> face Midland. And I'm, I'm looking at the guy standings, Midland 5-0-2 on yeah. the season. So they're, they're, they're going to be good. Right. And this is one of those, again, where you say, okay – you did this on Wednesday. Can you turn around and have it? I'm not talking wins, ties, or losses. Can you go down and perform well? Compete. I mean, yes. Can you can you put Wednesday behind you and play the game on Saturday? And because Ian, you're a coach. What we did last night at this point doesn't matter. It's the next game. Correct. Yeah, so um, Co on Saturday night, you and I, Matt, we were sitting there watching, and it's like, okay, we're going to get started. Got started, nine minutes in, okay, we're not playing anymore. Then we wait around, what, it felt like about another hour or so? Yeah, it was an hour. And then uh, start playing again, and um, got another goal, yes. do nothing. And then I'm watching on the screen, and I thought, oh, I saw a flicker of lightning there. I saw another one, and then my screen lit up, and it's like, yeah, that one's pretty close. And they finally called it at a little after ten o'clock, and they weren't going to resume. So uh, they, the boys, got home in the early morning hours. I think I heard five o'clock or something that's like what that. I so heard, that's, Mike. That's rough. And that Domino's pizza, I'm guessing, wasn't sitting real great <laughs> by the time five o'clock in the morning rolled around. But um, that also. Thankfully, no practice or anything like that. Take Sunday off, and Monday got their legs under them, and then uh, turn around and play those games last night, uh, Wednesday night. So uh, on Wednesday night, and now get ready for Saturday. Um, football. Let's talk football. Dakota Wesleyan. A um, little bit of a sluggish start for the defenders. Got going with an eventual broken play, quarterback pressure, and safety Lucas Huttinga fell on top of the football in the end zone. And the defenders also got some short fields to work with and end up with a 38-7 win. Fulton Gunderson, I had it as a 40-yard field goal. The official stats had it as a 39-yard field goal. But uh, he had a... Uh, uh, he hit all of his point after tries and had five, uh, the long field goal and a lot of different players produced for the defenders on offense on Saturday. Things that I like to see from a box score standpoint, 
this is very unprofessional or yeah but this is just what i like to see points every quarter we uh mm-hmm. won every quarter um and then also a lot of production we had a lot of guys uh, produce via the ground game and uh very few mistakes i don't think we had a turnover if we did i don't see think it. we had a fumble but we recovered it yep and Dakota Wesley, and I think had three, a couple of yeah. interceptions and a fumble. So we took care of the ball. Just a kind of a workman's like performance for the defenders. Yeah, and uh, like you said, uh, and when I, I talked to the Doan folks for this coming week on offense, we have two deeps and we've got two running backs listed. But in all likelihood, you're going to see another two or three running backs uh, for Dort. And defensively, defense is doing a nice job. Um, they Gave up seven points against Dakota Wesleyan. Held Briarcliff. Morningside, that one got away from them, but I think they learned some things. And so the defense really is playing pretty well. And the special teams, I'll I'll tell you what, the special teams, that snap back to the punter, that is a much more treacherous play. I mean, you take it for granted, but... That ball starts sailing over people's heads or the punter shanks it because he's rushed. That shifts momentum, and that's just a play you take for granted. Yeah, and you can't because those are momentum. Those are game changers. And to, to those special teams plays that uh, go unnoticed, those are huge. Doan on Saturday, that will be a 1 o'clock kickoff and uh, the second of five home games for the defenders coming up. And uh, – I haven't even done the prep work yet for that, so that's what later in today is for. Do you happen to have Doan's record pulled up? They are 1-1 one and one and overall and in the conference. Let me take a quick They're look. They're 1-1 one one there as well. Yeah, they, they beat Concordia, lost to Midland, fairly low scoring, 12-10 win against Concordia, 20-6 to loss against Midland. Yeah, and that kind of gets my attention because Midland, they're, they're probably a top-four team, so uh, – it will not be an easy one by any stretch. Don't always, it seems, built around their defense, so we'll see if Dort's offense can generate, uh, get things going there. That's a 1 o'clock kickoff again. Cross country's been off. They will run with the men tomorrow at the Roy Griak Invite in St. Paul, Minnesota. That will be a tough meet. Lots of competition, D2, D1, D3, you name it, and it's a big meet. There are a lot of teams competing, and the men, well, both of our teams have not competed in a while. It'll be good to get back out on the course and compete. We'll see what the men can do. Realistically, top 10 finish for the team, is that a good thing? Yeah, I think so. I think there's hope that maybe it can be top five, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. We'll talk about the Briarcliff meet next week. We are not quite done with the fall seasons, but we get going with quote-unquote winter sports this weekend, Ian. Dallas Baptist, the host. Yes. Dort Defender hockey team uh, traveling to Dallas via bus. And they'll play two games this weekend and uh, not opportune start times for those of us back here, but... Well, they've got a live stream set up. We've got the links on our website. And uh, you know much, if anything, about these games, Ian? Uh, just the You mentioned the start times, 9 p.m. on Friday and then 7.30 p.m. on Saturday. Um, I don't believe that Dort or Dallas Baptist have played each other in the past. They haven't. Um, so this will be the first two, first meet, first two yep. meetings between these teams. Uh, looking back at the records uh, from last season on, on both 
both teams. They were pretty similar to finish the season, uh, both right around. We were just over 500. They were just under. I think they played a game or two more than us. Um, and, uh, yeah, so pretty similarly, uh, it looked like an even matchup uh, on the record. Uh, Dort was ranked 21st uh, in the ACHA uh, Men's Division Three. Uh, Dallas Baptist finished ranked number 25, so similar there as well. Yeah. Uh, the difference between these two teams is it looks like uh, Dort is more defensive, and, and Dallas Baptist last year at least was more offensive. They scored 127 goals last year and allowed 120. Uh, and in a similar amount of games, Dort scored 97 goals and only allowed 79. So big differences uh, in those two stats there. Um, and uh, Dallas Baptist spent a lot more time in the penalty uh, box <laughs> than Dort did last year. Uh, 355 to 186 uh, on penalty minutes last season. So um, I know that uh, Coach Tyler Morgan uh, has a hopefully higher expectations uh, for this team this year. I, I know he's excited about yeah. his group, and so it'll be fun to, to see them get started down in Dallas this weekend. And that'll be a 9.30 start time. And again, we've got the links up on the website for being able to watch that. And it sounds like uh, it should be a nice facility to play in as well. So that's hockey, and uh, we'll get started with a hockey home opener one week from Friday as well. Men's golf competed in Rapid City, and the high altitude resulted in – High scores for everyone. Um, I don't know if you looked at the results very closely, Matt, but the medalist, usually the medalist is four and five strokes under par. I think this time the medalist right at par or maybe just a shade under. But And that person beat their nearest competitor, I believe, by eight or nine strokes. You are correct. The winner shot a 70, 68, 138 for the total, and it was a nine-stroke win. Looking at the team scores, uh, I don't see any team scores below 300, No, which is unusual. It is. Uh, we have not seen that this fall because scores have been pretty good. So um, tough conditions, I don't know. Obviously, probably a tough course. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd be curious. I have not had the opportunity to talk to uh, some of the golfers who are on the uh, athletic communication staff. Uh, we have a couple of them, in fact. And uh, one of them, I know Colin Cruz was down there golfing, but I just haven't had the opportunity to talk to him. But I'm guessing, yeah, challenging course. And uh, we saw scores up. We saw scores down. So far this year, Dutch Farr, Caleb Doctor, they've been very consistent. And that's been good to see Freddie Bullock as well. Uh, Freddie always has the uh, ability to go really low. So those three have kind of locked in, I would say, their spots from a competition standpoint, it seems. But uh, that four and five spot still up in the air, and they're still trying to figure that one out. Yep, Dutch Far was the leader. Uh, a top fifteen finish, eighty-two seventy-nine were the leading scores for Dutch. Um, Colin Kluster did not make the trip. Right. He's been a name that's been yep. up there too for the defenders, yep. and I think we'll be part of it. Yeah, and uh, the men's team, along with the women's team, will head to. Salina, Kansas, I believe I said that correctly, home of Kansas Wesleyan. That is correct. And both teams, oh, I've, Kansas I've, got, I've got a native Kansas yeah, that's, here. You so, nailed it. Okay, well. I I'm, would have said Salina, guys, but well, that's you get that one a lot, but it is Salina. You nailed it. Okay. Did I go buy Salina on the way to Wichita? Yeah, that's, you probably would. Yeah, that makes sense. It's all a blur. I mean, once, once you turn south, it just... 
all runs. Th- I mean, I know, I'm not trying to insult the native cans in here, but it I, just... I spent a lot of time in that area, but I, I know what you mean. You, you get to Salina, and then you get to McPherson. Yes. Uh, and then and then Wichita's, well, Newton, and then Wichita. Yeah. It's kind of that corridor where the KCAC, what what do they have, about six schools within oh, two hours of, of each they're, other? They're packed in there, yeah. yeah. And then there's a, another NAI school, Central Christian, yeah. uh, is, is it there as well. They're not in the KCAC. Right. Which, what conference are they in? Sooner. Okay. So that's where they are headed on Monday and Tuesday. I believe they might be leaving Saturday already for, I, yeah, they're, 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 um, they're going to get there so that Sunday isn't a travel day for them and they're going to play on Monday and Tuesday of next week. And we're getting down to the end of the fall season for golf. I think we have covered everything. Um, as always, Matt and Ian, fact checkers, did did we miss anything today? I'm thinking we're good. I don't think so. No no honors this past week for our athletes. I did nominate uh, Abe Stace for uh, Defensive Player of the Week, but uh, just didn't have gaudy enough numbers for that. Uh, we didn't have any runners. Volleyball, because they're so balanced, it's hard to sneak somebody through. And, in effect, uh, we, we didn't play the match on Saturday by the stats. So, uh, And uh, soccer, same deal. Men end up with lightning out, and uh, women only had the one game against College of St. Mary. So I guess that's going to do it. And for this Defender Discussions for Thursday, September 22, I'm Mike Biker, Format Boss, and Ian Eshelman. We'll talk to you next week.